Religious Feminism Podcast. I'm your host, April Young Bennett, and today is a newsreel episode. The Supreme Court of India recently heard a case about the Sabramala Temple, which has banned women ages 10 to 50 from entering its premises on the basis that women of menstruating age are not appropriate inside its walls. The lawsuit was filed by the nonprofit Indian Lawyers Association. The Sabramala Temple is a Hindu temple. But the Indian Young Lawyers Association is arguing that barring women from the temple is neither a ritual nor a ceremony associated with the Hindu religion, and as such, it is not eligible for religious exemptions under the law. They are also arguing that because the temple receives public funds for its operations, it cannot practice gender-based discrimination. The ban against menstruating women entering the temple has been in place for literally centuries, and has been upheld by the courts before. But on September 28th, the Supreme Court of India ruled in favor of those women who wanted to enter the temple. The court declared that the ban against women was unconstitutional because it violated Hindu women's right to pray and practice religion. They also ruled that the devotees of that particular temple did not constitute a separate religious denomination from, the, from Hindus at large, and thus couldn't make their own unique bans on women. Although the temple is now legally required to admit women, so far it hasn't. At least a dozen women have tried to enter the temple since the Supreme Court made its ruling and none of them have made it in. Thousands of protesters have gathered to block any woman who tries to enter the premises. The protesters are throwing stones at women who try to enter and blocking them physically. Vehicles believed to be containing women have been vandalized. Anyone who enters the temple has to climb a steep, three-mile path, and with thousands of men and some women blocking the way, it is proving impossible. The court battle isn't over either. The Supreme Court has announced that it will hear additional arguments later this month, even though it has already made its ruling. Over 2,000 of the violent protesters have been arrested, but they have also gotten the attention of the court, and the court has agreed to review the ruling. One of the most well-known women of the few who have attempted to enter Sabramala since the ban was supposedly lifted by the Supreme Court was Rahana Fatima, who is a well-known feminist activist in India. She approached the temple, wearing a helmet to protect herself from the stones, and surrounded by police. She came closer to the temple than most of the other women who tried, but still didn't make it in before the mobs blocked her. While she was traveling to the temple, protesters came to her house and vandalized her home. She is now under police protection. Rahana's background is Muslim, not Hindu. And she just found out that her Muslim community has expelled her for offending Hindu men. With appeals being heard by the court in a few weeks, and with protesters still blocking women from entry, this story is still unfolding. So I can't tell you how this is going to end, but I would like to finish this segment of the podcast by sharing a song by the People's Art and Literary Association. 
This Indian group supports women being allowed to enter Sabarmala. And I love this protest song. Let's listen. The women who write this song talk exactly about what they think about the theology behind the reasoning why they are not letting women into Sabarmala. Sabarmala is a temple to a chaste god called a yapa, a celibate god. And the people who do not want women to enter are arguing that if they do, it will somehow make a yapa unchaste, uncelibate, just having women of childbearing age in the premises. So they talk exactly about what they think about it, and they are not subtle at all. So we're going to listen to this song. It's called They Say We Pollute the Temple. And I will provide a rough English translation as we're listening, but I would encourage you to go to our episode notes after the show and actually watch the video yourself so that you can hear it without my translation talking over the top. They'll have um, subtitles in English for you to look at. And it's a lot of fun to watch the video because you can see the Bollywood-style dance that they have that goes with it. And they also show footage from the riots at Sabramala. They say we pollute the temple. They say we should be stopped to save the god. This is God's own country, ladies no entry. Is it fair? Tell me, brother. Lord Ayapa is a chaste man. He is not afraid of us. Not doubtful of his celibacy, the male devotees? We do not doubt their vow of celibacy either. Extremists, if you are threatened by our presence, you better stay at home. Do not raise a ruckus. My dear husband, here's the story of your pilgrimage. At four in the morning, I wake you up. With you, I observe all of your devotionals. You come in dozens. You sing hymns all through the night. I cook the feast. All of you eat heartily. No pollution then. But for the temple, women are polluted? Liquor does not pollute. Bars provide holy glasses to the worshippers of Ayepa. Occasional rich foods, also not a pollutant. Smoking, we don't ban that. These are modern days. A menstruating wife, 
She can't enter. She can risk losing her life with the tigers in the woods. You say it is all about tradition. The tradition that cut off the breasts of our women for wearing the upper cloth. Your tradition of breast tax. The tradition that gave license to men of the high caste to ruin the women of the low caste at their will. This is not tradition, but a curse. The curse that continues to chase the gods from our own country. The next story we're going to cover is about a modern day suffrage movement. I hope many of you remember Kate McElwee of Women's Ordination Conference. She has appeared on the podcast before, and I will link to that episode in the show notes so that you can listen to it again. But she wrote about what was going on in the Roman Catholic Church at the Vatican right now during the past month. She said, just about two weeks ago, the Vatican released the list of participants for the upcoming Synod on Youth, the Faith, and Vocational Discernment. Women will comprise only 10% of the people gathered, with the special status of observer or collaborator, and certainly no votes. In the past, women have been barred from voting at events like this at the Vatican because they are not ordained. Currently, the Roman Catholic Church does not ordain women to the priesthood. However, recently, they have started allowing unordained men to vote, but not unordained women. And the Women's Ordination Conference has pointed out this hypocrisy. Supporters of voting rights for women at the Synod have been posting on social media and in person signs that say votes for Catholic women. At the Synod of Bishops, Kate and her colleagues presented Catholic bishops with a petition signed by 9,000 women requesting that female religious superiors at the Synod be able to vote as equals alongside their brothers in Christ. Here's some audio from the peaceful protest they held at the Vatican. It does appear that their efforts were noticed. When the month-long meeting ended, delegates were saying that a place for women at the church's decision-making table was a duty of justice, and that the church as a whole must recognize the urgency of inescapable change. Of course, those of us who do work in religious feminist movements often do hear words like these coming from religious leaders, and Those words aren't always accompanied by change, but I do have my fingers crossed for our Catholic sisters that their efforts will result in votes for women within their church. Mm 